0: Hi everybody and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today I'm going to be talking about the situation a lot of couples find themselves in when the woman says that she cannot go back to work because of the kids' schedules and um, how this interacts with various things such as marital happiness, the way that the man acts, the woman's levels of anxiety, which may or may not be recognized, and... um, kind of how I see this go both at the time and then later on in the relationship when the woman retroactively looks back at this, it sometimes is a big surprise to the man how she thinks about it. And some of that is revisionist history and some of it is him not knowing or listening to how she felt at the time. So as with all the podcasts, if you're the sort of person that just wants your own Way of thinking validated with absolutely no introspection into the other partner, then this is not the podcast for you. Um, because in, in, although in, in sometimes in my episodes, I do try to explain one person primarily to the other, I'm never going to conclude that one person is bad and wrong and the other person is good and right. So that is not ever what I believe or what I aim to say. So in this podcast, as in so many, like if you're looking for it to be the husband's fault in some way, it's not going to come out like that, but nor is it going to be the wife's fault primarily as the man may think. So, uh, you know, the ones where it's about a dynamic are particularly interesting if you're the sort of person that's trying to get a handle on why things are going awry versus somebody who's looking to cast blame or to be a victim. So uh, before we get into this specific dynamic and the specific situation though, which is a super common one in my practice, I do want to tell you to subscribe. The most recent subscriber only episode was about female arousal and how you may never have seen it. You know, (laughs) If you watch enough porn, you may have thought you saw it, but you may not be seeing it in real time and we will discuss what that looks like the use of lubricants the use of um various other uh, sundry things. Also, foreplay gets a really big role in that podcast episode because of how integral it is to female arousal. And um, I can't really hammer that one home enough. It seems like I, I have to, though, because people frequently continue to misunderstand what desire, arousal, foreplay, et cetera, looks like and through no fault of their own, but because they've been bombarded um, through the media with competing examples which have no basis in reality such as through porn. Um, Anyway, so please do subscribe for that one. And so now let us talk about this dynamic I see frequently where the woman is staying home and not going back to her job because what she says is there's so many days the kids have off of school and they always get sick. So obviously, at first glance, what the man usually tries to do, and we'll get to why he may want her to go back to work in, in a bit, but what he may try to do is to tell her that rationally and reasonably what she's saying doesn't make sense, because the kids only get sick a couple days per year, and in reality, any job would have vacation days, and then he may even say that he would split the days off himself if she were to go back to work such that they each had half of the sick days. Or or what have you, and then he may also point out um, that the entire schedule for the year is set right in advance. So she would know, you know, like how I know, and I have to move my clients um, when the kids are off of school if I want to be with them on those days. Um, then then she would know in advance for the whole year and could get those days off accordingly, etc. He would say all of this probably because this is what the majority. Of men saying this is also eminently reasonable, right? I mean, this is certainly how people swing it when they want unconflicted to go back to work. Um, and so usually this meets with resistance because the woman says, Well, what I know is that it's always gonna end up being me taking off. And there's no job that would give that much vacation. And what about the fact that they get up, uh, they get off before my job would get out. And I would have to drive to my job. And, um, you know, I don't want them in before care or after care. And they have to do this. You know what I mean? You've done this. And they have to do this, 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 this. So two things here. Generally, people that only see the bad side are suffering from anxiety or depression symptoms, if not the diagnosis itself, certainly symptoms, because a negative worldview is symptomatic of either one of those issues and probably was something that you grew up with, Um, this whole idea that the worst will always happen. So you'll have, you have three kids, they'll all be sick at the same time, that's when your husband happens to be on a business trip, and it's when your work was having the most important conference of the year at which you were presenting, and you will be humiliated, you will not be able to get alternate child care, and you will conclude that the entire return to work was a fiasco. Um, So if that characterizes you know, even uh, an extreme version of your general worldview, then it, it is important to refer back to my podcast on, um, when people can't admit that they're anxious, you know, because I see that a lot. This rigid worldview, it's only going to go this way. This way is bad. The way that it goes will prevent me from doing other things that are valuable to me, etc. Um, and then of course, uh, there, there may be truth to it in, in a certain regard, such as that the husband um, has never previously, let's say, been flexible with his work schedule and would not, in fact, or may not even if asked, say that he would take off. For the woman to go to work if the kids were sick. And usually what he's saying in this regard is I make more money. And, and even in this hypothetical job that you are going to have, I would still be out earning you by, you know, X amount. So thus we need my job for the mortgage. My job is, you know, then the more important job. Which it's interesting because when women have the higher earning job, this stuff is just said, you know, like it's just kind of said outright in many households. But then when the man has the higher earning job, it's it's like a not feminist thing to say. So frequently he ends up trying to say it without saying it somehow. So it's like, well, you know, my job is um, more um, strict about, um, you know, and because you're like not allowed to say, if I lose my job, we can't pay the bills, which I don't understand why not. And I think that as women become more and more primary breadwinners, currently 30% of women are primary breadwinners. I just read that statistic. And that was even dated by a couple of years. So it's probably more now. Um, I believe that these conversations will be able to be held more Pragmatically, but currently the milieu is such that if you say the higher earning job ought to take precedence, that if it's the man's higher earning job, this is thought to be bad. So um, it doesn't appeal to people who are more numbers people but it it, kind of doesn't matter (laughs) I mean like if if you're listening to me say this obviously I think that any relationship would benefit from being able to speak these things aloud but if you are listening to this alone and not with your partner as the majority of people are you may already have seen that leading with that is a non-starter so so leave it as a non-starter and hopefully you can understand your wife better by the end of this um but but and of course otherwise couples counseling etc cetera, etc cetera, as i always say but anyway so if you are a man in the situation that you really want your wife to work but you would never ever be flexible for her job well then you're putting her in a no win situation unless you also can provide live in help which of course her job would to make sense have to pay more than the live in help or the on call help or whatever the hell or even if it's just on call help you know they're not going to come if your kids have covid or whatever so you know you would have to have some systems in place here such that she didn't always have to um not go in in case a kid was sick but of course she is likely if she's anxious over a estimating the number of times per year that the kids get sick and have to stay home. So that's just is how it is. And of course, I'm sure that, um, you know, any empathy will not be wasted in this situation as any situation. The more empathic you are, like, wow, I can see you're really nervous about that. I guess we have to figure out a way that if you went back that we could figure out child care in the event that I couldn't stay home because, let's say, I had an extremely important meeting. Um, I would still try to stay home. But, you know, if, if, if I can't somehow, then we would need to have somebody on call, maybe my mom, maybe your mom, maybe blah, 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 maybe the national any agency has a suggestion for getting emergency care, whatever. Be this as it may, um, you are, uh, anybody who kind of fights against this so much is obviously ambivalent about going back to work. And I talked about this in the Toxic Workplaces podcast, that people who are always finding something wrong with the workplace are also ambivalent about going back to work. So frequently what it is when the woman um, says that the only reason she's not going back to work is that the school age kids really need her. Um, it's, it's a couple of things. It's mostly anxiety is what I see. It's a little bit, especially if the guy's super selfish, then it's, it's, a, it's more about that she doesn't think she's going to get any support, you know, but frequently it's about anxiety. It's about having been gone from the workforce for a long time, not thinking that you kind of know what's going on anymore, not thinking that it would be, you know, uh, you Easy or, or even possible to rejoin the workforce and not embarrass yourself with how little you know or how many years you've been gone or whatever. For people with anxiety, this is extremely anxiety producing you know and also the idea of not having downtime uh, during the day to do whatever you want which is what you can do when the kids are at school is is upsetting to many women who are very sensitive and usually who struggle with anxiety and or depression because this downtime where they could theoretically take a nap or do whatever they want is because it has you know gotten itself on a pedestal such that they think they can't really live without it they've become kind of dependent on the idea of the down time when the kids are in school, you know, and, um, This is kind of like how moms of very young kids become dependent on the nap time as their time when they can relax. Well, uh, women who are older and therefore have had more years of depression and anxiety to build um, become dependent on like the six hours that the kids aren't around, you know, as potential, not that they don't do anything, they do a lot of stuff, but the stuff is generally on their schedule and can be not done, which is the entire premise of, you know, what they are saying about work is that that would be an essential thing that they have to get to. And the pressure of that is very hard for somebody who who struggles with anxiety and with low self-esteem and low self-efficacy. Self-efficacy is is being able to feeling like you can do things efficiently and effectively, such as a job. So anyway, why do the guys want the women to go back to work so bad in this scenario? Well, there's multiple reasons. Obviously, Um, The income is a big one. So men that are not uh, hugely wealthy are uh, frequently yearn for splitting the primary uh, breadwinning, you know, burden with somebody else. They don't really want to be the primary breadwinner in the way that men thought it was part of their masculinity. In previous generations, most men really, although some men may still like being primary in some way, especially if they're insecure, they usually, the ones that I talk to, really just want more disposable income, you know, save for the kids' colleges, go go on vacation. Perhaps they could both retire earlier, you know. I mean, it's it's pretty pragmatic and obvious to see why somebody would want their wife to go back to work um, in, in that sense, in the financial sense. Now, if the guy is making an extremely comfortable living and there's no possible financial reason for his wife to go back to work, why might he say it then? Well, then we go back to the depression anxiety. So frequently, when the woman is feeling anxious or uh, like she has. Has no purpose, or she's upset about the children going um, getting older, which is real common uh, for all moms. And I've written about that why women get so sad that their kids are growing up. Um, The woman frequently yearns for some greater meaning and frequently herself says something like, oh, I I wish I could go back to my job. I shouldn't have taken off. Maybe I should go back to school. So she says it herself in many, many cases. And the man is jumping on that parade thinking, okay, I could see that. Maybe if she goes back to work, she'll feel more like herself. She's always crying. She's unhappy. She's so tired. Maybe if she had a routine. Men say these exact things in my office, right? So this is, they're really doing it because they are jumping on the bandwagon that the woman has set. Sometimes the woman hasn't said it, but the man thinks, all right, what works for me when I'm feeling down and kind of like I have no meaning is I throw myself back again into my career. And if I have some achievements and accolades there, and if I help people or or build my business or make a client very happy or or what have you, or just really just make money to support my family, it is a source of great self-esteem and pride for me. And thus, it follows that it would be the same for her, right? So I should suggest this, you know, because I see that she's kind of flailing here and frequently is saying things about being upset in one capacity or another. And this could give some, you know, structure to her day, make her feel good about herself. She used to be good at her career and I can't see why somebody so smart wouldn't go back. This is like stuff that men say, you know, so it's not my, uh, you know, this isn't me just making shit up. This is, these are sentences I hear frequently in couples counseling. So, um... So, okay, so, so then if the man is really very supportive of the woman going back, it is incumbent upon him to make clear that he will deal with half of the sickness related absences which in today's day and age is pretty possible. Workplaces are getting a lot different and it's becoming much more respectable, thankfully, um, for a man to take off to be with his kids. You know, I mean, that's like, my kids are sick. I have to be at home. Used to be something that a man would never say. Unless he was in some kind of crazy situation where he was like a widower, you know, even then he would probably drop them by the neighbor, you know. But now it's something that men say frequently. Oh, I have to go to my kid's doctor's appointment. Like this would never have happened even just 10 years ago. And I've frequently talked about the change in, uh, you know, in in uh The cultural shift since even I started in practice in 2009 is men are going to all these doctor's appointments, and they're going to baby activities, and they're going to the kid things, and they're at pickup, and this is all great, you know, so if you're a guy who thinks you can't do this, you should probably look around you at the guys a couple years younger and see how they're doing it, and then you will probably recognize that you're not going to get fired if you take off for a kid being sick. And this is only in the situation, by the way, where it actually came to pass that your wife got a job where she did not herself want to call in because frequently women do want to call in and to be the woman who stays at home with the sick kids because they prioritize being a, quote, good mother in that regard. So you're only talking probably about less than half of the eventual kid absences that you would need to deal with. And unless the kids are very, very ill, which in which case that is not the situation I'm talking about where you have, God forbid, a terminally ill child or something, then, um, then it, it may be many fewer days and certainly within the bounds of the sick or vacation leave that you get so it's incumbent upon you to make that extremely clear to your wife second of all you need to have if you are the woman listening to this you need to have like a real deep dive introspective therapy session or journaling uh, session or something if you don't have a therapist about do you really want to go back to work if you do is your anxiety getting in the way as it gets in the way of probably myriad things in your life um and or do you not want to go back to Work, but you just keep positing it as throwing it out as an option because it seems like something that you ought to want, and then your husband is running with it because it's something you say that you want, you know. And instead, maybe what you really mean to say is, I feel very depressed and at loose ends since the kids have. Gone to school, and I want to, you know, go into therapy, or I want to start exercising more, or I want to engage in this or that hobby or volunteer activity, or what have you. So it may be the case that you are are, um, not going back to work because you don't want to go back to work, you know, which would be, uh, reasonable. So either way, if you are a couple in this situation, you have to try to parse out what is due to anxiety and what is due to a real lack of trust that you, the husband will support her if her job requires any sort of, um, extra hours or not being there when the kids are sick, etc. And this should be really, ideally, coupled with a really um, straight, uh, honest discussion about the relative importance of each job, not just in a self-fulfillment sort of way, but in a real we-have-to-pay-X-amount-of-bills kind of way, so whose job then maybe ought to be prioritized, right? Because again, when women are the primary breadwinner, I see that they are very clear about, well, I pay the bills, so thus I cannot take off as many days as you can because I'm paying the bills, more. And if men were able to say that, not in a jockeying for power sort of way, but more of a not being scared to be labeled a bad feminist, but just to literally be saying a, a numbers thing sort of way, then these conversations could be a lot clearer. Also, though, on the man's end, if he were, t- he too has to do a deep dive and say, is my job really as inflexible as I think that it is, or... You know, am I just saying that I... Will never be able to take a day off because I don't actually want to take a day off, and in fact, my um, job would be okay with these few sick days which we would have, or vacation days, or what have you. I would be able to figure something out and/or work from home or whatever. And maybe I'm just saying I'm not because I'm being rigid. So there may be rigidity on both sides of this equation. But either way, this is a common issue that comes up in counseling. And as I promise you, I'll tell you now how this ends up going later. I see people in you know in their 50s or 60s right and um, frequently the woman looks back and says he stopped me from going back to work and the man's like the fuck are you talking about I never did that I was supportive this that the other so in those cases it's probably somewhere in between he did not bend over backwards to say I will help you do this and 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 I will stay home when necessary But she also was ambivalent herself due to anxiety, likely. And in retrospect, years later, the anxiety is no longer so salient. Um, it, It doesn't feel like, um, like she, she can't get a hold of it anymore. She can't, she can't feel it the way that she used to. So it doesn't seem that it would have been as pressing and as big a factor. When, when anxiety passes, because, for example, you're like, let's say, a 60-year-old woman that has now not been in the workforce for 20 years, and you can't really imagine what it would have been like only five years out of the workforce to have been that anxious about returning and really to have been kind of super anxious when you had kids in general, because having kids in the house amplifies anxiety. Anxiety, So it's kind of like you can't even remember how conflicted and anxious you were. So you just kind of the human brain looks for reasons and your reason is, well, he's kind of a dick. So I mean, must have been that, you know, he must have been so selfish and, and, and like, I must have thought I would have had no support. So it's probably not only that, you know, and it's probably also not only anxiety. It's probably somewhere in between. So if you are a couple who struggles with this issue of these endless looping discussions around the ambivalence that your wife has about returning to work, which has been in part ascribed to her inability to trust whether you would be there for her in in the case that her job turned out to be less flexible than she thought, or you're even just a couple that is... Um, you know, has these discussions and she says she understands you would be supportive, but somehow never ends up going back to work. That's also interesting, right? Because then perhaps this is untreated anxiety and low self-esteem that she has to work on that's stopping her and keeping her at home when you have shown and she believes that you would be supportive. Particularly, again, in this climate of, of male involvement in the home being much more socially approved of and telecommuting being so popular. So this is a very different uh, world than it was just a decade ago, or even five years ago, or even pre-pandemic. All right, so hopefully this opens up some uh, interesting conversations. Again, do not make your spouse listen to this. If they don't like to listen to me, do not make them listen to me. You yourself can start this conversation, whether you are the woman or the man, and say, I was thinking more about my slash your potential return to work, and I wonder if it is uh, something that is related due to you know, this idea of not thinking that there will be support and or an anxiety, depression, low self-esteem thing of not feeling confident enough to return. So this is a really interesting issue, one that's discussed a lot in couples counseling. So if you can't discuss this issue on your own, what do I always say? Reach out to a couples counselor like me, one of the ones in my practice, or really anybody else good. Okay, talk to y'all soon. Bye-bye.